Kia everyone, it's Scotty here. Those of you who were at Renew Camp this uh, past Labour Weekend 2022, uh, we had a moment of saying farewell to our dear friend Jess Johnson, who's moving on to the Hope Centre in Lower Hutt. Jess has been an absolutely key part of our communities for the last 10 or 11 years. So we had a, um, a party, we had some speeches, we had a cake there, and Jess shared a part of her testimony for 15 minutes. Uh, part of um, part of what we realised as we heard from Jess is that there wasn't nearly enough time for all the things that God has done in her life. So I sat down with her and recorded a conversation between the both of us where she, over about an hour and 40 minutes, tells a whole lot of her story. And it's really cool to hear where God has been at work in her life. Jess's story is really beautiful and rich, but it also includes some pretty tricky stuff um, around mental health, um, around assault, um, and around some pretty intense spiritual experiences, which some people might not quite know what to do with, both theologically and on a personal level. So if you're feeling like some of those things might be a little bit fragile for you, you might want to give this one a pass, or um, just get yourself in a space where you can pause it when you need to. Um, but otherwise, I hope you really enjoy this conversation that we had. Cool. Well, um, Jess and I are sitting here. I'm Scotty, and Jess is opposite me, and um, we are getting together because Jess has been a part of blueprint in our renewed communities for how many years Jess? About 10. About 10 years. So is the oldest blueprinter um, next to me or the oldest renewer next to me um, and uh, Jess has had um, in the time that she's journeyed with us an extraordinary journey of healing and one of the verses that we love to talk about around our renewed communities is Luke 4.18 um, that Jesus came to Preach good news to the poor, release for the captives, recovery of sight for the blind, and liberty for those who are oppressed. And Jess is someone who really knows about liberty for captives because it's been the story of her life. Um, and so, even though at camp we're only Jess is only going to share for fifteen minutes, we thought it would be worth getting together for a couple of hours so that people can hear Jess's whole story. So mostly, Jess, you're going to do the talking, eh? Okay. I'm yeah. Just looking for my. Oh, well, I got the memory anyways. Yeah, so, you got your notes. So, um, yeah, you'll just start by telling your story and then um, maybe I'll interrupt and ask some questions along the way if there's things I think that would be helpful for us to hear. All right, so I was born as an answer to prayer. Like, for one year, my mom prayed for a baby and she got me. Wow. I was born into a turbulent marriage, I suspect due to crazy stuff in the spiritual happening at my mom and dad's church in Minnesota that drove them out to California and mm. messed with my dad and mom's marriage. At four years old, uh, two years old, I was separated. My mom and dad were separated from each other. Mm. And I was living mostly with my mom, seeing my dad every weekend. Um, from about four years old, my dad and mom were divorced. That mm. was my dad's idea. Right. At six years old, I was trying to behave better, but I was still pretty old the whole time that we are having the breakup and the divorce. I was an unruly kid. Right. I would steal food. Yeah. I would always, the one thing I always wanted was sugar and, and <laughs> television and fun things. And my parents were always in the way. When I found out about God, I was like, oh, he's all powerful, all knowing, all good, like perfectly good. He's going to set me free from the control of my mom and dad. Right, yeah. 
and that get you more sugar. <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> Who knows? Just just let me do what I want with my body and my mind and not have people controlling me. Mm. Yeah. Because I was sick of it. And then the, it, was my, it, was more, it was my mom and dad would tell me to listen to my grandma and to my teachers. And then this and that, I'm like, oh, <laughs> all these people to listen to. <laughs> so I was pretty bad at behaving. This was before I was a Christian. Mm. Um, um, that fire's also... Like, I mean, I was just bad. Six years old, I was trying to improve. Yeah. At one point, I told my dad I was mad at him for divorcing my mom. Mm. And he said, well, you're right. It was my fault. Mm. And he That said, must have been a hard moment. And he said, do you forgive me? And I said, well, I was taken aback. I was like, oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know anything more than that. I missed my dad and my mom and things uh, were hard. Mm. I didn't realize there was demons of whatnot trying to, you know, hack raised havoc with me and through me and, and with your family with my family i just knew i missed my dad mm. i liked my grandma's house better mm. and oh uh, yeah i was going between about four houses my life growing up at seven i became a christian my mom led me through the prayer that was one thing mom and i had going with each other mm. prayer life everything wow. else was a mess but prayer life was good so you and your mom prayed together a lot yeah she'd say dear lord and she pray whatever in your name we pray amen i say amen yeah and she would never tell me i was wrong for anything i prayed you know mm. so if i was praying it'd be amen i mm. think if i remember right i don't remember properly mm. and then so she uh, it was up to this point like you know there was nothing that she was telling me not to pray so mm. so she she's just like oh and she caught me at the rightest moment mm. i was like thinking nothing mm. feeling no emotion which mm. is pretty rare for me mm. And I was just staring at this red chair at mm. these snaps on the top mm. and me rocking it back and forth. And mm. then my mom's like telling me, like, just let's pray. Oh, like, okay. And she says, repeat after me. Instead of saying, dear Lord, she said, dear God, I don't remember the bit in the middle. And <laughs> she said, in Jesus' name, instead of in your name, we pray, Lord. Amen. And then she told me, I think, that someone told me. Like, you're a Christian, you've got the Holy Spirit living in you, and you're going to go to heaven. Mm. And I was just so happy. <laughs> and at some point, I realized that at five years old, when this kid had said I was going to hell, mm. had I died at that point, I would have gone there. I was a right. kid. No one told me that. No one would tell a kid that. Right. But I realized, before I was Christian, hell. After Christian, really heaven. Not just, you get told you go to heaven. So what did you, when you were seven, and you prayed that prayer did you feel anything or did anything happen in that moment or what um well all i remember was just feeling really happy after mm. it had been done i hadn't even known what the word christian was before i right. became one yeah so <laughs> i didn't know what i was signing up for i had no idea about persecution trials tribulation temptation none of that i didn't know it would get harder before it got easier i just knew i was praying with my mom mm. so i got signed up Without knowing what I was getting in for, the good, the bad, and the ugly, and the mm. great, and the wonderful, and the beautiful. Yeah. And I just just signed up because yep. I was a kid. Yeah. Just like the disciples, eh? Could say. <laughs> Follow me. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Drop your nets. Off you go. Yeah. yeah. And I didn't know what I was getting saved from. Mm. Besides hell, I didn't know I had to stop doing sins. Right. I knew I was supposed to do better behavior because I've been told that even before as a Christian. Mm. But, I mean, so at about nine years old i was praying to god every day but i was still backsliding at some point around right. that year because i'd just go to my grandma's we moved closer to my grandma's so i'd be with her every day mm. well the week 
while I'm at school because my mom had to work. Mm. And she didn't want me getting up that early. Hmm. And um, so I'd be like going to school, watching, and then I got into public school. Hmm. And I was watching TV, so I was laying in the world, but I was backslidden. Mm-hmm. Um, at 11, I really took a backslide for the worse. I decided to go after the path of corruption. Right. This is because it was an innocent cartoon show looking innocent looking and mm. my aunt decided to keep it on for my cousin who wasn't a christian who had right. come to live with us for a while mm. he wanted to watch it and i was like oh can i watch it and then he's like oh you're not corrupted so they don't want you to watch it i'm right. like so that's when i decided to become corrupted partly so i could help him partly so i could watch that show right little cartoon and i just that was one decision that made my life sort of go downward okay and then at like 12, I was in school, and as usual, because of my bad behaviors, I wasn't popular. Right. Um, I was never popular in school. I was either always bullied or bullying someone at school, mm-hmm. or both. Like, mm-hmm. I don't remember if I ever did both, but you know, mm. it was it was always a bad day. Mm. <laughs> um, some schools like I had... Every day at school was a bad day normally, was it? Like, I mean, I don't remember every day, mm. but like... Most days there'd be people who disagreed with me. Mm. People who didn't like me. Mm. There'd be people I didn't like. Mm. And I'd try and have fun. Mm. And other kids wouldn't want me to be playing with them. I'd get mm. picked last for teams. Mm. I didn't get beaten up every day or anything, but the verbal mm. abuse was there. Sometimes I'd get physically bullied. Mm. And sometimes I'd even like be chasing someone or getting angry or mm. losing my temper. Mm. Like So in the end, um, I met this kid at my school one of the schools where I um, thought would be a better school for me because I had no friends at the previous one because I was in the gifted and talented education program mm. and by this point because I'd gotten out of Christian school right. been too smart for public school so they put me in the gifted and education gifted and talented education program right. and nobody liked me in that program the kids the teacher nobody what was so, the program about oh it was just to help like just advanced studies right for like so you'd study school subjects but you'd have the more advanced level right so you were a, were a really smart kid yeah yeah compared well, to the kids at public school yeah at private school the private schools i'd been to as a christian i was average yeah right <laughs> <laughs> but in public school you were really smart yeah 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 what were you really smart at what were your kind of talents like mathematics yeah english wow. um, art but i didn't know but like yeah like, I mean, I I got more into art at eight years old when sure. I was in the last Christian school I was going to go to. Right. It was a Presbyterian school. I think my Nana, who was Catholic, didn't like it, so she right. stopped funding my mom and sent me to, <laughs> to, oh my gosh. to um, private schools. That's why I got in public school. So you, um, <clears throat> you, you went to this gifted and talented school, and you said you didn't, people weren't nice to you there either. No, I wasn't nice to people. People weren't nice to me. Mm. It was just pretty bad then my mom decided like every other school to take me out and put me in another school mm. that had gifted and talented education at this school i was kind of doing better for a little while sure but then because of my personality and my behaviors things started to kind of disintegrate right and then this kid was at my school he looked like he was evil man he was i had a dream about him that he was chasing me and i was running away from him mm. um before i even knew who he was mm. He ended up being one of the kids that probably 
kind of helped me get mentally ill. Right. He told me that Satan was watching me. Right. And there's other kids that say devil stuff in that school as well mm, mm. in the future, but he was the one probably that really would have undone me. Right. I just thought he was being mean to me from my religion mm. because these other kids have been talking about a false god, mm. and I told them not to mention that name, and they kept saying it because they're kids and they're teased. Mm. And then I told them, I just got angry and explained, said, since that false god is just a stupid myth. Right. Yeah. And then there was a kid who actually believed in this false god, and he was crying. Right. I'm like, oh. Mm. Mm. <laughs> um, this teacher, she's like, oh, did you insult the great such and such false god? And um, I was like, oh, no, this teacher believes in such and such. Mm. I'm like, oh. Mm. <laughs> and then she apparently, according to the other kids, said that they could call my god a myth. Because right. this was public school. They say that everything has to be fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't fair. It was mentally detrimental to my health. And... If I'd really known that that kid was a serious believer and just been told to say sorry, I would have probably said sorry. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't mean to hurt your feelings. This kid, I didn't have anything against. It was mm. the other two. They were just teasing me. That They would have slandered me a teacher and she would have just... Either she let them or she didn't, but they said she did. Mm. I think these kids were liars anyway. School can be a, a brutal place to kids, eh? I had, I had a lot of bullying at school and it's so tough and it really affects you for years to come, doesn't it? Yep. Um, when I was in summer break, mm. when I thought, yay, school's over, I'm going to another school, I have another chance, mm. I was on my way, probably near my favorite restaurant, one of them, mm. with my grandma, and some of this random evil thought comes along in my mind about Jesus being the Antichrist. Right. And I thought it was my thought, I didn't know that Satan put thoughts in your head. So I was like, oh, sorry, Lord, please forgive me. Mm. And I thought, after having enough of this happen to me, that Jesus wouldn't want to be my friend. Mm. I was really ashamed of myself, and I didn't know what to do. I didn't tell anyone because it didn't occur to me to tell anyone. I mean, I was I was pretty much a loner and mm. independent. Mm. I would find my own fun at home. Mm. I would find my own way at school, and I wouldn't ask people for help because, you know, it just didn't occur to me, and, and being a telltale hadn't got me anywhere when mm. I was told to tell teachers about bullying, so I just... Unless I was trouble, I mm. really probably, I mean, like, I might have told teachers about bullying that happened to me when I was bullying other people mm. back. I mean, I got into some cartoon shows that taught me to be violent. Right. Like punching someone in the face physically was okay if they did it to me emotionally. Sure. And so I kind of just, I kind of just went braving it my own way. And I would just, I would get home from high, intermediate school still upset about school and mm. i'd play the piano until i got in a good mood you, you play the piano quite good do you well i used to play it quite good yeah. i still i i'm a bit rusty now yeah yeah but um with some practice i could probably do a good job i'd play by ear and mm. i'm just making my own tunes wow mm. it's, it sounds like um a big theme of your life jess has been having to kind of battle your thoughts and the thoughts that enter your mind is that true well yeah actually since i was 12 i had to well, even at eight years old, I had this one random thought about wishing that Jesus would die on the cross again. I just argued with it. Mm. Like, no, I don't. No, I didn't say that. No, like, no, I don't. No, I don't wish that. You know, mm. and I feel like I was arguing with my mom, you know? Mm. Just that kind of mentality. It's like a brain length, length. And I never thought of it. It was only one time it happened to me. It never happened to me again. Mm. And then this random real thought about Jesus at 12. And I'm like, and then, and I knew I was battling Satan at some point. Mm. Like, I mean... At some point, I realized, you know, just pretty evil doesn't have power. And my grandma was like, you know why 
the bad things happen at Christian schools, mm. it's because the devil is tempting those kids to hurt you. That's what your grandma said. Yeah. And she says, the things don't happen as bad at public schools because the devil's already got them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he's fighting the Christians at the Christian school. Something right. to that effect. And so I was... Did you, did you sometimes find the, the Christians were um, meaner than the public schools? Until that one Satanist kid. Right. Probably yes. Right. Um... Sometimes that can be the case. Eh? Sometimes the Christians are meaner than the rest. <laughs> oh, they would push me down and, and or chase me till I fall on my knee and and scraped it and just they like to see me cry and mm. I end up learning to not cry because I didn't want to get laughed at and oh yeah all that just but they weren't they weren't the sort that would curse me right like that weird kid did mm. ever since him things were not right mm. I mean I did. End up sticking my middle finger at the ground to say that I hate the devil mm. when I was eight. <laughs> Pull it, so you're pulling the fingers at the devil. When I was you're like eight. that. Yeah, uh, just sticking it out. On the, there's no fingers in America. They don't do. If you do two fingers, it means peace. Oh yeah, but um, you can do it the other way around in America, eh? As a kind of an up yours, I think. Okay. Eh? I don't know oh, if okay. there is. It's a new thing. It's a new thing. All right. But um, but, but you don't flip the bird the same way in. In the states, as we do in New Zealand, just one finger, just one finger, yeah, the middle right. finger, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you were you were giving the middle finger to the devil on the regular I, at eight years of age? No, just once. Oh, just once. Okay. Just once, because I I heard that that means f you, and yeah. uh, f you means I hate you. Yeah, and I hated the devil. Right. He was tempting all those kids <laughs> to be mean to me. <laughs> it's quite a good place to take out your frustration, eh? Is pulling the fingers at the ground, you know, rather than taking your frustration out on the kids. Oh, I, 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 um, I never really took out that I remember any frustrations that I had against um, someone else against someone else. Right. If I was frustrated a kid, I would fight them back. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I would do it to their face. I would. I had no idea about oh, just take it on someone else. Like mm. it just that wasn't my mentality. It wasn't how I was wired. It was like if someone hurt me, I take it out on them. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're the one I'm mad at. It's to this day if I'm mad at someone. It's that person. I'll yeah. say hello and be friendly to everyone else, but mm. that person. It's a very human response, isn't it? We all kind of, we all do that. And where do you, while you were going through, so this is kind of from age sort of seven to 12, you're having quite a rough time of bullying. Is that right? Oh, a little bit. Yeah. yeah. I mean, one time I even sprained my arm and one, and this kid threw his rock on my sprained arm. Oh, ouch. Yeah. I forgave so, him in the end. Because <laughs> you, you know, you said earlier, which I thought was very profound and true um you're gonna by the way people listening you're gonna hear jess and me sipping cups of tea and having um biscuits along the way so you'll just have to deal with that um but um <laughs> you talked about how you didn't realize when you said yes to jesus that there'd be trials and tribulations and that That's right. following jesus is not easy so your first few years of faith were not very easy because you were getting treated quite badly we, but did did you kind of know Jesus as a friend through that, or where did you feel Jesus was, or did you wonder where Jesus was? Well, Jesus or? to me was the Son of God, and all I knew about the Son was that the Son was a little boy. So I kind of imagined Jesus as this weak little boy with sweaty hands and right, and just wet and just real, real just you know, uh, okay. So he's the Son of God. He got these two nails through his hand. No idea what that means. Yeah, and and then God, like God the Father, was you know like I pray to Him. I unlike pr- I pray in Jesus' name, mm. and it's like, and I didn't really think much about mm. like I didn't know much about the Holy Spirit. I knew He was in me. Mm. That's about probably 
I don't remember if I knew anything else besides that he, you know, God, the Holy Spirit. Mm. So you thought Jesus was a little boy who was as weak as you felt. He was the same as you, kind of? I don't know. Not sure. (laughs) Not sure how much weaker or stronger. But but you didn't feel like Jesus could help you. I didn't realize Jesus was a man who had power and strength. And, Mm. you know, I knew about God the Father, God the Mm. Son, God the Holy Spirit. But it just, you know, things kind of, you don't always understand things when you're a kid. Absolutely. Yeah. So and, and kids are very literal. Hey, when someone talks about like baby Jesus, we just think <laughs> Jesus is always a baby or something. Hey, I don't know. Sometimes you understand things. Sometimes you don't. Sometimes mm. even when they say things, it's a fact, but you don't know what it means. Mm. Like yep. there's for, like, uh, for instance, the pledge to the flag. Mm. I was taught that when I was four. Mm. I didn't learn what it meant till I was probably ten. Mm. Um, and then of course, so it's the pledge of allegiance. You have to say at school every day in America. Yeah. 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 Um, and then, of course, unlike Jesus, when I learned what the pledge to the flag meant, by the time I was twelve, I wasn't saying it. You're <laughs> <laughs> such a rebel. Hey, I was. That was my identity. By that point, I was actually a rebel. Yeah. Which I didn't realize rebellion was as a sin of witchcraft, and that was a no-no in God's eyes. I didn't realize probably that. I mean, I'm not sure I would realize witchcraft was wrong at that point. So, mm. um, but rebellion against the pledge of allegiance is good rebellion. I reckon. <laughs> I there's good rebellion sometimes. I mean. I wouldn't call it rebellion. I'd call it just standing up for my rights. You yeah, have freedom of speech and not speech, really. True, right. <laughs> yep, yep. So you chose not to speak the Pledge of Allegiance. And at, was that because you... At that point, I was rebelling. But, like, I mean, it was because I didn't like America because they made me go to school. Right. And school was a place of misery for me. Mm, yeah. So I was... Um, and then in the intermediate school, which is right after the year I got cursed by that Satanist. Mm. Um, as far as I know, he's a Satanist. So I, could, I could be wrong. He could have just been a really mean boy. Mm. But um, I forget him in the end. But um, like I decided I wasn't going to preach anything. I was like, all right, I'm a Christian. If you want to ask me, I'm a Christian, but I'm not going to preach the gospel. Mm. You know, I'm not going to preach about it. I didn't even know about the gospel. I just thought, oh, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I told him, like, I'm not going to preach about it. Mm. But if you want to ask, I'm a Christian. Yeah. So I was this brainwashed, mixed up, confused, violent, loving, rebellious pre-teenager who yes i was a christian i wouldn't say no Mm. but i wasn't acting and living the life of a christian Mm, sure i was backslidden as um so uh if anyone called me sexy because i was scared of getting raped by the time i was 12 right um because someone had told me oh because i'd asked god for the perfect body figure i got it and then someone's like oh you better be careful you might get raped and i was like what's that oh that's an awful thing to say to someone i know right um they just didn't know what they're talking about and yeah I don't know why I said it, um, but I forgive him in the end. I think I forgive him for my, you know, to make yourself right. What today? Nah. I was praying to God, please forgive me. Mm. Uh, anyone I figure out that I haven't forgiven, I forgive him on the spot. That's good. Is that how long have you been doing that for? I don't remember years. Yes. <laughs> it's like just probably since 2016, because God was telling me you got to be a real Christian. You got to forgive people. Mm. Everyone who ever hurt you. Well, yeah, okay. Okay. So when bitterness enters your heart, you immediately pray forgiveness for that person. I immediately forgive the person. There's two types of forgiveness. It's forgiving the person. You let him go. It's between them and God. Mm. And that's the one we're required to do. Mm. And then there's the other one where we ask God to forgive him. That's extra credit. Jesus right. did that for us. Right. So, I mean, <laughs> most people, I will pray that for them. Mm. Like, please, God, forgive that person. They mm. didn't know what they were doing. Mm. Um, And... And if there's someone I'm not sure, I said, God, I'm not sure I want you to figure that person or not. I'm emotionally impaired. You decide. 
Most people, they might get forgiven or they are forgiven. Hmm. There's a like probably about 10 that weren't <clears throat> in my whole life. So you're kind of in that moment saying, God, I'm not sure if I'm ready to forgive this person, but you need to. Oh, uh, no. I'm no? saying I'm not sure you will forgive this person according to your word. Okay. I'm emotionally impaired. I forgive them. Lord, you decide what to do with them. Yeah. So you let judgment be with God. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. Yeah. And sometimes I'll pray, God, yeah, I forgive this person. I'm sure they weren't, you know, out of your forgiveness, so please you forgive them too. Mm. And I feel God's told me to pray that he forgives them, I do. Mm. And do you find, has that helped you over the years to forgive people? Oh, it's like having good gut health, being forgiven, <laughs> honestly. Yeah? Like, if you don't forgive others their sins, if at least give them over to God and let it go yourself, you have bad gut health because it's like being clogged up in your heart. Mm. And you're not forgiven if you don't forgive in that way, like mm. the Bible says. So, um, if you don't forgive like that, you're clogged up in your guts and your heart mm. and you're just having a lot of health problems spiritually. Like, because mm. if you're not forgiven, then stuff can kind of come attack you and and then God will still forgive you, but, you know, you got to forgive them. Mm. He waits for you. Mm. He does. Like, I mean, if you really can't do it because it's human impossible, he waits to get his help and forgive him. As long as you don't say, I'm never going to forgive him, that's it. You're probably all right. Just, just get God's help. Forgive that person. Are there are there people in your life who it's been really hard to forgive? Yes. Yeah. They're the ones who God won't forgive. Right. Some, not all of them. Some of them are people who God might have forgiven. Hmm. Those ones have been hard, but the ones who God won't forgive, it's like you've done the thing that Bible says doesn't you forgiven. And it's like, and for a while I was holding grudges against them because I was like, well, God, if you don't forgive them, how can I? And then he actually, guess who helped me? The Holy Spirit helped me forgive the people who had blasphemed against them, but on a personal level and not ask God to forgive them. Hmm. So that was, that was like getting through the hardest. And that was like pushing out a big one hmm. from my heart. And just, you know, my heart was tender, so forgiving everything else hurt hmm. for a while. Hmm. And that's why you compare it to good gut health. If you don't do it regular enough, hmm. you're going to hurt when you do it. Hmm. But it's worth it. Because mm. if you don't do it eventually, you might die because complications. It's interesting, eh? Because the way you talk about forgiveness, like some people would talk about it, how it's important to forgive the other person, which is important to let them go. Yeah. But you're kind of talking about it in terms of it's a health practice for us to forgive. It's like a spiritual health practice. Yeah. It's kind of like, you know, going to the toilet. Right. <laughs> yeah. 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 So it's a routine. It's a habit we have to have. There has to be a habit of forgiveness, like we brush our teeth in the morning or, yeah? Well, I mean, brushing your teeth, that's an option. I yep. mean, if you don't, you could get gingivitis, bad breath, this and that. Right. But if you don't forgive, it's like you've not gone and done a bowel movement. Right. <laughs> How long can you really go before that isn't in check and it's too long? Right. So if you haven't forgiven, you're full of... Whoosh. Yeah. <laughs> it um, really is. Because, um, I mean, there's a lot of people, they say they're Christians, but they don't forgive people. Mm. And, like, sometimes there's people that are too hard to humanly forgive mm. on your own. And that's mm. when you get God's help and you mm. forgive them. Otherwise, like the Bible says, God hands you to the torturers. Right, yeah. And that's not good. Yeah. But I, I love that, what you say, you've that you've, like, formed a... You've formed a practice in your life where the moment bitterness enters your heart or you realize you have soreness towards someone, mm. you just immediately say a quick prayer 
to let them go to God to yep. you forgive them and then you ask God to forgive them. Yeah, is that right? I ask God to forgive most people. Yeah, yeah. And if I'm not sure, I ask God if they're stable, forgive them. Yeah. Or like you decide, God, my emotions are impaired. But that's probably a good thing for all of us to do when we judge someone and we think something's wrong or, I don't know, maybe in our hearts we think it's unforgivable is to just say, well, God, you're a good judge. I don't need to judge. You do the judging. Yep. Yeah. It's a good one. It's the one for, that's what I call the too hard basket. Right. Yeah. I don't know whether they can even forgive or not. Yeah. So I just, I just leave it with God. He knows. Yeah. He knows. I say your word, their heart, your book. Oh. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I was like, whatever he says, it does it. Sometimes I've actually, you know, prayed, God, if they're stable, please forgive them. Keep them savable. But if they're not, let them die. And I get specific on it. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> I mean, and, and most people, they, they, they're alive. Nothing happens to them. Yeah. One person died. Right. <laughs> well, we won't go into that one today. Um, but um, so coming back, I love what you say about forgiveness. But in your story, we're at about 12 years old. 12 years old. So I was at school. Um, and. All right, so fast forward a little bit. I moved to New Zealand hoping for another chance. Hmm. I moved in with an atheist stepmom and a dad who had given up contact with God consciously. Right. Yet subconsciously, who knows? Yeah. They were both doing drugs behind my back, and he right. was doing drugs behind her back, and she didn't know for a while. Okay. Um, Partly. And um, maybe it wasn't always the case, but it was by the time that she divorced him. Hmm. But for a while, we were doing good. We had sit-down meals. And I was in shock. So you're in Wellington at this point? I was in Patoni. In Patoni, right. Yeah. yeah. My dad would, like, I mean, a few things shocked me. One of them was that I had to go to school one week after I moved to New Zealand. Mm. Another thing was the school structure was so different. Mm. It wasn't like periods one through six every Monday to Friday. It was one through five. or And then, but it would have five subjects one day, different subjects and subjects in different order another day. Mm. And it would go like that. Mm. And that was... A shock, and then there was other things that were like, like my dad would talk to me and try and make me think critically about my faith. Right. And I know what he was doing now, but it hurt a lot emotionally. Mm. Then it's like, why can't I just, you know, you know, keep strong faith and not mm. have to have it tested? Right. Yeah. But he was trying to help you understand what you believed. It wasn't just that he was trying to help me so I could stand up to someone if someone else questioned my faith. Yes. Right. But as a as a 12 or 13 year old you didn't understand I wasn't that. I didn't feel ready yeah. yeah I was like why are you talking to me like this I don't yeah. feel ready for this yeah sure and so I was like and then of course I wasn't going to church anymore mm-hmm. by the time I was there because um they didn't go to church so I was in school probably about a year no church mm. no bible I had gotten a thing from one of my mini Sunday schools that I'd been hopping with my mom too because she'd mm. hop to a different church every week mm. practically and um i and i had the books of the bible and i memorized that because i was thinking well that's i don't remember why but i know that when i was at that particular sunday school back in america they was they they would reward whoever memorized all the books of the bible right i think i was just comp- competitive and like getting things but mm. maybe it was just a good idea in my head to memorize them anyways and mm. for some reason i just I think God was on, had a hand on that. I memorized the order of all the books of the Bible. <laughs> and I was doing that when I was in New Zealand as well. And then, and then so I was going to Hutt Valley High School. 
Um, that's where I met Reese, who I'm now married to. So good. So were you guys, were you were you high school lovers? Not quite. He had a crush on me, but he didn't tell me. Oh, okay. I was anti because I was scared of rape. I was anti guy. I was not really into the lesbian scenes. I was anti girl. Right. I was anti any kind of sexual relationship. So. Mm. If any guys, if any girls say anything, I just ignore them because mm. I was taught not to fight girls because that's my cousin who I was following did. Right. Because he was a guy. Sure. Um, but um, if it was a guy and they called me sexy, I threatened to beat them up. <laughs> <laughs> there was a few. I there was a few in the, over the years, both in America and New Zealand, that I either tried to beat up, unchased, mm. and maybe even did a little bit beat up, mm. but didn't really injure them. So you a little bit beat up a lot of guys over the years. There was one guy who I gave him quite a few bruises oh, yeah. because he made fun of me. He didn't do sexy anything, but he made fun of me, and I was brainwashed by that cartoon show mm-hmm. that I was watching. Um, so I went and I went okay, I'm like so I was like I was like something like and then he said, "Why don't you come?" With, I don't remember, but somehow we exchanged enough dialogue that I went up the stairs and. I fought him. All he tried to do was grab my wrists and right. push me. I was punching him in the face. I was punching him anywhere I could. And he had a few bumps and bruises after the end of it. And what I learned later on was that in New Zealand, guys don't fight girls. Yeah, right. And if they do, everyone else in the school will beat that guy up. Right, right, yeah. I didn't know that at the time. Yeah, well, that and that's why I've never beaten up all the people who call me sexy chess, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Um, <laughs> just happens all the time, every day. But <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> um, yeah, so you're at Hutt Valley High School, did you say? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I was getting frustrated with some of the systems because they would punish the whole class for the talking and misbehavior of five people, right. five, six people. They'd lecture the whole class, and I would just walk out the door mm. and be so upset. Finally, when I was 15 and year fifth form mm. i am um, that would be year 11 yeah mm. year 11 no year 10 maybe um no. year 11 i got homeschooled mm. and that was when and by then i was friends with the sister of one of my friends in um high school that i had met so i got in touch with that family and with my now husband mm. and um, at some point, I was aware of the devil tempting me about certain things. Mm. And so I would just be like, oh, no, we'll do that. I see the devil tempting me. Mm. And and I was able to see that from about 14. Um, During the time when I was 14-ish, I think it was 14, I actually was, my dad was doing this thing called Gypsy Camp at the gazebos. Um, one of these places that used to be around in Cuba Street. Right. Um, and at that place, they had a fortune teller. Mm. And I made the mistake of going to her to get my fortune told. Right. And I didn't have any money. And she said, well, you're a bit young. Um, I didn't know what she meant. I thought she I thought she meant, oh, well, I'm a genius, because that's what everyone else had been telling me up to then. Right. Um, but it wasn't. She told my fortune. And then later on, I don't remember if it was that night or another night, Mm. But sometime during the night when I was just thinking about my favorite cartoon show mm. and imagining stuff and flipping on the bed and listening to 8 Mile, all of a sudden something happened to me when I was laying on the bed. It felt like a, a scratching, like I was getting raped. And I was like scared as mm. it was invisible. Um, 
it was actually a demon and I saw it in the spiritual realm and I mm. finally saw it and I saw Satan and this other demon on these fold out chairs mm. on the side of my bed laughing and watching sadistically it's and really it was really terrible and I happened to a few times I'm like please God make it stop please God make it stop please God make it stop and um, and I would pray a little bit and go out and then I stopped praying and boom back in oh please God make it stop please God make it stop and finally at some point after at least three times it stopped, and I went mm. to sleep, and that memory got compartmentalized into my trauma file, mm-hmm. and I didn't remember it for 13 more years. Wow. So what age were you at this point? You were... When that happened to me, I was 14. Okay. When I remembered it, I was 27. Mm. So at 15, I read about... A, well, someone gave me a Bible, because mm. I had been to a few church meetings and youth groups like not church meetings, just youth groups with my friends from high school, mm. the family I was with, the sisters and that. And they were telling me, so this is like, look it up in your Bible. And I, just, I go, I don't have a Bible. And I shake a fist. Um, <clears throat> and then um, one time my friend gave me a Bible, a youth Bible. And then either she told me, I think she told me, definitely I it occurred to me, you got no more excuse now. Mm. You've, um, you know, you, you've got a Bible. When I first got it, I put it in my drawer that had the label future things or future things for future use. I don't remember, but it was something about You're thinking one day I'll read this. Yeah, pretty much. That's what I used to do with every new gift I received. Mm. Um, Unless, I don't remember. I don't remember if I did any, receive any gifts and just immediately use them. But Mm. some stuff I would just put away. One day I just thought, oh, I got no excuse. So I started reading it. Mm. I'd read random pages. I wouldn't read from beginning to end. Mm -hmm. Um. Then uh, at some point I thought, I'll read it from the beginning to the end. So it's Genesis, Exodus, like, mm. Numbers, Deuteronomy. Um, and at one point I remember reading, like, I think it was in Leviticus, don't go to mediums to be defiled by them. I'm like, oh, I better stop doing witchcraft <laughs> uh, or liking it or whatever. Mm. So, I was just, so I was like, okay, no more of that. And I didn't know what witchcraft was, but the things that I was doing, I knew that it said not to do those, so I mm. stopped doing them. Um, and then at some point I started I, that cartoon, that innocent cartoon show, mm. where so had some episode where this guy tempted the devil. Mm. And one day I was bored, so I thought I'd tempt the devil. And that was the end, of beginning of the end for me, until um, God restored me. So the devil came up, and now you're tough. You can join me and take on the wrath of God, because I was denying I was scared of pain. I was, you know, denying what pain was. I was just not, I am invincible. Um, and then, um, that was when I was 15, and then I, I was like, hmm, where would that lead? I even got that video on, of this thing. I got that on YouTube. I got a video about the temptation. Right. Um, and I saw what I described as hell. Like, um, there was row, there was an endless column of endless rows that went on and on of people chained across the rows, I think, maybe, I don't remember, but they were chained, and they were their job was to take out the flesh in the back of the person in front of them while someone took out the flesh in their back, and so on. And they're, like, groaning and grabbing the flesh and taking out what I was doing on them. And I thought, at that point, I denied things like pain and fear, so I didn't, I wasn't now about being scared of that. So I was just like, boring. And then I'm like, hmm, what's God's plan? It's got to be better. So I saw what I described as a corner of heaven. And, like, there was these vibes coming from it, party and fun. And at 15, I thought, well, that's cool. So I looked back at the devil, and, like, and the devil was like, you can have anything you want. I was like, anything, huh? And I mocked the devil. Hmm. And he's like, yeah, anything. I'm like, I choose God. At this point, 
I wasn't familiar with Satanist theology, so I was pretty pure on my decision. Right. And Dill's like, what? <laughs> so I talked to Dill like he's a retard. I choose God. Dill snarls and backs into a corner. I should have never done that move where I attempted the devil in the first place, but it was funny to see him snarl and go back. <laughs> Later on, I don't remember if it was the same day, but sometime at 2 in the morning when I decided to crash out and go to sleep because I was homeschooling, I could go to bed whenever I want. Mm. I woke up on time. Um, that's what my dad told me. So, anyways, at this point, I end up just seeing this vision of the devil a bit bigger with his claws and fangs a bit bigger, I think still in the red. I'm not sure. He was in the red when he tempted me, dressed up. Mm. Um, and he's like, I'm the devil, I'm Satan, I'm going to torture you, I'm going to test you like I tested Job. And I had read about Job being, you know, with the boils and the worms mm. and the scabs, and I'm like, oh! Mm. But first I was like, you can't test me out with my Heavenly Father's permission. <laughs> and then the ghost disappears through the ceiling, because he's at the ceiling when he's tempting, trying to scare me. And then one second later, because like, ha, 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 sucker. And then one second later, he comes back, he's like, I've got the Father's permission. I'm the... I think he said, like, I'm saying, no, I'm going to torture you. I'm going to test you like I tested Joe, something like that. I'm like, oh, no. And I was like, I was like half asleep as well because it was two in the morning. But right. but at this point, I remember just because I knew the Holy Spirit was the comforter by then. Mm. And I've been really happy about that. And like, yeah, the Holy Spirit was the comforter mm. when I was 14. And so at this point, I was 15. I remember like hearing, and I'm pretty sure it was like the Holy Spirit telling me, telling me, but I'll be better at comforting you than it will be at torturing you. I'm like, ah, oh, that's good. And then they was like, but I'm going to torture you. I don't know, the Holy Spirit would remind me, because I was like, oh, and then um, the Holy Spirit reminded me of better comforting the devil's torture. That went on for a while, and then I was like... So the, the the Holy Spirit was saying to you, I'm a better comforter than the devil is a torturer. Pretty much, and 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 not so many words, but, or mm. so many words, or something like that, but yeah. Mm. The Holy Spirit told me you'd be better at comforting me than the devil would be at torturing me. Mm. That was the exact kind of... He said, well, I'll be, something like, like, I'll be better at comforting you. And that will be at torturing you. Mm. So, yeah. Something like to that effect. Um, so, so, how old were you at this point? 15. You're, you're 15. Um, and I remember at one point, I kind of, I was like, you know, between this and like, oh, I am being tortured. Sleep deprivation torture. Sometime <laughs> later, I nodded off to sleep. Mm. Um, and then um, I never blamed my spirit for the sleep. It was the devil's fault. Mm. The devil's one to come and appear to me and try to be all scary. Mm. I'm um, sorry, knocked your microphone there. It's okay. All right, so, and then I ended up waking up just feeling wasted the next day. Mm. But I was okay, and for a while it was all good. But at this point, I thought I was a little blue alien. <laughs> um, too much manga. But um, anyways, I thought that I had this orange, like, I thought I was a blue star alien somehow conceived, like, got into the egg and sperm when, before the human was formed and all this crazy right. scientifically backed but you know just elaborate but so for a while i was thinking i was the alien so i had that going on i was telepathically or so contacted by other aliens and talking with them then i watched this movie called a beautiful mind because i was like thinking mm. as i was growing in my faith in back in america for six months getting into like lutheran and being confirmed as the uh, Lutheran is that so I was actually learning more of the Bible and had a dream about spiritual growth and mm. I, I was like oh so at one point I was like to God so where does being a starian the alien I thought it was fit into this where does it fit into Christianity All right. and so 
So you thought you were an alien at this point. Yeah, I was pretty messed up. Um, So, but I asked God, you know, where does that fit into Christianity? Mm. Because I knew what I believed for sure. Mm. And I didn't know about whether I was an alien. Right, yeah. But I thought, well, if I'm an alien, where does that fit? Mm. (laughs) I was like, I was trying to piece everything together in my life. Mm. I'm experienced up with the Bible. Not even with the Bible. Maybe the Bible, I don't remember. But I I knew the Bible was the word of God. My mom Mm. told me at a young age, so... She told me, don't smoke, don't drink, don't mm. get drunk, don't do drugs, sorry, mm. and don't have sex before you're married. Mm. And I took all of those to heart when I was a kid, mm. except I did try drinking once. Didn't drunk necessarily. I mm. was a bit tipsy. I'm 15 again. Bad year. And I decided when I woke up on this terrible bed with this bit of ache and pain that it wasn't for me mm. getting drunk, so I decided not to do that. Mm. But um, so I was sixteen. I was like, so where does this fit? I'm this whole alien for a year. I was wasted in my life, and then um, at, back at my dad's house, when my pregnant cat's kittens were mostly gone except the one Gidget. You'll know more about that later, if the Lord wills. <laughs> um, um, I was like just um, like watching movies, and in every movie it would be the same pattern of reality that i was experiencing with the alien mm. scenario and then at one point we watched this movie called a beautiful mind mm. which was based on a true story it was a guy he thought this that and the other and the mm. people the russell crowe movie eh russell crowe i think yeah. so i yeah. don't remember for sure yeah but um yeah and he had people in his life that had similar roles to the aliens in my life and it turns out he had schizophrenia okay and so he had to ignore his hallucinations mm. And they were like quite vivid. And I'm like thinking, that's it. I've been demonically scammed. It's not aliens. And I threw around the whole alien belief. Mm. Next thing I know, I had demons looming over my head. So did you... Because one of the places um, we've connected over the years is when we've talked about our mental health together. Yeah. And I've talked about my journey with depression and anxiety. And you've talked about your journey. It might be helpful for some people to kind of understand how that fits into um, your journey as well because did you find you kind of related to the character in A Beautiful Mind or what was... Yeah. Yeah. So I thought, well, it must be schizophrenia. Mm. I wasn't sure, but like, I mean, I figured, like, if I'm hearing voices, I must have schizophrenia. Schizophrenia must be the ability to tap into a realm that most people can't. Mm. Mm. That's what I figured schizophrenia was, not like some pathological disease. Right, yeah. Um... And so I end up just going, well, it's not aliens, it's demons. Right. Yeah. And then there's these demons, and, and the next thing I know, I was, you know, depressed. Mm. And even at my job that I'd been doing, mm. part-time job as a kitchen hand, I got depressed, and one day these demons came with me, and the lady yelled at me, and I went, and I got real depressed. That was my last day at work. They stopped firing. They didn't fire me, but they stopped giving me hours. Right. So I yeah. quit. Yeah. Um, and then my dad got me psychologically evaluated. They couldn't find anything definitely wrong with me. I had tendencies of all kinds of mental illnesses. Mm. But pretty much they couldn't put their finger on any one at that point, And they said that I was a borderline genius when it came to solving things. Mm. But if I was given a time limit, my intelligence went down from the 96th percentile to like the ninth of the 6th percentile. Right. So if you have space to think, you, you have an, you're really, have a really smart mind, but it's yeah. harder when things have to be quick. Yeah, it was anyways. I don't know if it's gotten any better. Time for a muesli bar, is it? Yeah. All right, I'll grab mine out too. Um, hmm. 
Niin, niin. Mm. So. Mm. Yeah. And then they put me on Prozac. Mm. So that, you know, so like it's an antidepressant. Mm. So. Did it help? Not sure. It might have. Mm-hmm. But I'm not sure I want to stay on it long enough. Mm-hmm. For a while, I was taking it every day without fail. Mm-hmm. And then sometime around that point, I moved out of my dad's house for the first time. Right. And I stopped feeling as oppressed by the demons. Mm-hmm. There were demons at this new place I was at. But because the lady was a Christian and didn't give authority to them the way my dad seemed to, mm-hmm. there was no demon that had power over me. Mm. So I would fight them and I'd be brave. Mm-hmm. And they would just be stuck. They mm-hmm. couldn't do anything to me. Mm. And so... So I like one time I was at the washing line of this old haunted house where we lived. Mm. There was a demon looked like a Bulbasaur of Pokemon. Right. Big, big giant one. It was getting these vine whips on me in the spiritual. And there were just, you know, waves of, you know, fear. Mm. I don't remember the vine whips. It was just, just, you know, he was pushing telepathy or whatever. I don't remember what it was. Some sort of, it was either like kind of waves or mm. those vine whips. I forget which one. But it was just basically telling me to be scared of the demon because it had the power to make people scared of itself. Mm. And I was like... Well, there's no reason to be scared at demon. <laughs> so I was just not, even though I felt the fear, I just carried on hanging at the laundry, mm. and I just kind of stayed calm. And then um, I get in the house. The lady's playing some Christian music mm. and the thing, and I think she and I both talked about what. And then in comes this like this. There's a scream, and in comes the daughter, mm. one of my friends. And she's like, there's something evil out there. And I'm like, just, I think me and the lady are like, we know. Mm. Um, I was just thinking, haha, I wasn't scared of that darn thing. Mm. <laughs> mm. And so, are you about 17 now? What age I was are you 19. Over? 19? When I moved out. Yeah, 19. And um, <clears throat> and what's, what's next? As mm. you head into your 20s, what happens? Well, at 20. Mm. I moved back to my dad's. Hmm. So I had no more money coming in. So it's down in Orfeiro Bay here? No, no. It was in Lyle Bay. Sure. Back when we used to live in uh, Lyle Bay. Sure. We weren't going to live in Orfeiro Bay for more than 10 years, probably. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or maybe less than 10, but a few, anyways. A few years later. Because it was like 2007. Hmm. I lived with my dad. And the demons got worse. Hmm. At this one point. I don't remember if it was when I was 18 or when I was 20, but the demons were trying to make me really scared about rape. They were just kind of... I didn't have my memory in from when I was 14. Mm. Like, there was something that kind of was make, moving around down in my nether region, and I thought, no, nah, it's just an illusion. It's just an illusion. And then Dawn, the was like, oh, I'm just, they're just trying to make me scared. And I didn't, didn't buy any of it. Then the lady's like, no, that's real. I'm like, what? Mm. I just mm. told him about these demons called Incubus and Succubus. I'm like, what the? Mm. And I was like, I don't remember what happened on it. But like when I was 20, I think the demons started scaring me. And I actually faced it. I was like, why am I so scared of rape if I'm not scared of pain? Because, um, I mean, I realized after... There was this one point at which I had been scared of physical torture, penetration of hands and eyeballs mm. and gouges and stuff. And I talked to God and I thought, God told me, you're not going to get por- tortured. Something like that. Someone told me that. And I just, after I was, 
<sighs> and then I stopped being scared about torture. And then things like the thought of my eyes being gouged or just that happening in my hand mm. didn't scare me anymore. It's like, mm. oh, what if it does? Who cares? Mm. And it's like, and then so at 20, I was like, so I'm not scared of physical torture anymore. So why am I scared of rape? I'm not scared of that pain anymore. Um, what is it about that particular one scaring me more than torture? Right. And I figured it out. It was the fact that it was a really unholy and disgusting sexual sin. Right. And sexual sins were no-no. It was adultery. Right. Or fornication or whatever. You know, it was like... Mm. So at this point, I was like, oh, so I'm scared of the spiritual yuck factor. Mm. And I'm like, but if... Wait, hang on a minute. If some guy makes my body do it, it's not my fault. Mm. And even if somehow it was my fault, I'm sure God would forgive me. Mm. So I stopped being scared mm. of that. I didn't like it, thought of it, but I stopped being scared. And demons couldn't torment me with it anymore as much as before. So it's just like... So they went and looked for a new fear. Wow, that's um, yeah. I mean, that's quite powerful. That's something that um, a lot of um, that's something our our society is trying to understand at the moment. We're trying to get our heads around is that um, rape is never the victim's fault, and God was just speaking that to yeah. you. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I did read in the Bible, in the Old Testament, say if the ladies in the city and the man seduces her, hmm. she didn't cry for help. Right, the road gets stoned. If it's in the country and the man's forcing her, um, she cries for help. No one's hearing her. The man only gets stoned. Right. But I think our, our um, understanding has grown, hasn't it, since then? And um, so, certainly the way that Jesus treated women was a bit different to the way the Old Testament does sometimes, eh? Oh, yeah. So, like, yeah. I mean, so that's the thing. So I was thinking, if it's, if it's them, it's not my fault. But even if somehow it were my fault, like I got in the alleyway too late at night when I knew better. Right. Sure, God forgive me. Mm. He wouldn't and that still wouldn't me. be your fault. But yeah, but God is. But the point being, eh, that God is able to forgive everything. Um, everything yeah. up to that point that I ever learned about. Yeah. I mean, there's only one thing, and then, and then that point, mm. the demons told me about, hey, so can this one thing get forgiven? It was the unforgivable one in the Bible, mm. Mm. and hoping that he'd take it back to Satan and tell him, look, don't do this one. Mm. It's unforgivable. You guys got to be more polite because they're already doing it. I was like, no. Hmm. Something like that. Hmm. It might be forgiven. Because it, it was the one that the Bible said wouldn't be forgiven. So I was like, I told the demon straight up, and they had a microphone up to me in the hmm. spiritual. After that, the demon was terrified like I hoped he would be. Hmm. But then what I didn't expect was he flew right inside of me. Right. And I was terrified suddenly. Suddenly, I went from like, oh, no, I'll never do that one, to, oh, no, hmm. I never want to do that one. I hope I never do that one. Oh, no, hmm. what if I... Hmm. And I was like... I was like, what have I done by accident? It was like, oh, it was like just, oh, it was, mm. it was a flood of fear that was worse mm. than pain. Mm. Mm. It just went right into my belly. So mm. like just, and for about a while, it was just me being scared. What if I, mm. what if I, what if I, what if I, and, and so I was scared what about, I was just told, oh, you know, please God, you know, keep me safe. Mm. And I was like, and then, of course, it was, that was my worst fear. What if I were to do the unforgivable? Like, and the Bible says, and some people would tell me, no, don't worry about that one. It's not unforgivable. But the Bible says, it's Jesus speaking, not going to forgive him. And my dad's like, and so for a while, I managed to manage that fear and be isolated on myself, not tell anyone. Hmm. I would just pray for protection. No, it's like, oh, I just, you know, you know, like, you know, just 
And it wasn't as, like, it was the worst thing that had happened. But I didn't know who to tell because right. I didn't want them to do it. Mm. Right. And so I was like, just, you know, braving it out. Mm. And then I carried on. I got into an unemployment course on, with a benefit. And then I end up just getting into my future direction. I want to be a missionary. Mm. So I was pretty much ignoring these demons and they're worse than mm. torture because it was just not something that I knew how to tell anybody mm. about. Mm. And if I did, they'd say, no, nothing's ever going. It's okay. Mm. Put a Band-Aid on a gaping wound that's festering. And it's like, mm. okay, I can't talk with people about this. Mm. And I couldn't even talk to people about the fact that I had seen commercials of third world children starving to death. Mm. I just had to carry on and eat and enjoy my food as if nothing was wrong. So I was used to doing this. I was used to just not telling anyone about my problems mm. and just carry on and acting like everything's fine. Mm. Um, and so I went to Bible college. I had, at this point, it was to the point where these demons would tell me lies like, like, if you breathe out, you're going to be blaspheming against the Holy Spirit. So I was like, God, please make it go away. In my mind, God, please make it go away. Well, I'm like, I couldn't breathe. I was just, but I eventually I'd have to breathe because otherwise I would die. I, I didn't know how to hold my breath till I passed out. So it would just naturally, I'm like, please God, please God, you make it go. I knew it wasn't true, but it was putting me off. I knew it wasn't true that I drink the water I'd be drinking and blaspheming and sliced spirit, but it was such a horrible lie that it put me off drinking water for two weeks while mm. I was living with the lady again because we'd been evicted from our apartment, me and mm. dad and that. So Dink lived with me, Gidget lived with dad. Dink and Gidget are your cats. They were our cats. Mm. Um, so and the lady, she even got tested with the same demon as me and overcame it in one day. Mm. Um, and I had... It's this unclean, sexually unclean demon that was attacking me, and I was just, oh. Mm. I mean, at this point, it was just like, I was like, you know, just please, God, forgive me if I imagine it was someone random. Please, God, just don't let anyone else get this demon. Mm. I was like, oh, I'm so, ugh. please, God, make this demon go away from me. It's awful. Mm. Mm. And I repented from fair rape in that as well, even now. And we all did in church, and I was like, and I was like, oh, get this damn away from it. It's horrible. I can't stand it. And I was like, so there's two types of things I couldn't stand at the time. And they were both happening to me. And then um, I went to Bible school, just, you know, not even acknowledging these demons. I struggled through theology because mm-hmm. my mind was so messed up from mental torture that the one demons had done to me. Couldn't mm-hmm. remember stuff. Mm-hmm. And then um, I got through the physical training pretty good because I was fit. I was 22 years old. Mm-hmm. And God was my fitness. I knew that God would help me be fit enough to do anything, even mm. though I wasn't necessarily fit enough to do it. Mm. I got stronger. I got more. Like, I think I put on weight. And I got running and all this other crazy stuff. And we even did a hitchhike mission. I learned to hitchhike from my Bible college. <laughs> was this you were up in... Uh, Lifeway. Lifeway in Snell's Beach. Yep. yep. Well, actually, this Bible college, yep. he founded that I'm not sure it still exists anymore. Yep. yep. Um, <laughs> Seems like all these things in my life, the devil keeps trying to demolish them mm. so that no one has proof of my life story. Right. But, you know, like, I mean, even St. Hilda's, they're going to redo the wall, and if they didn't, they get demolished. So I'm like, that's where we got married, God. Don't don't take that one out. Mm. Mm. And there'll be friends got saved, and they get unsaved. And it's like, oh, come on, God. Real mm. love. Ugh, just, maybe they'll stop destroying all the evidence of my stories. 
Um, so well, that's why it's so important we sit down here and tell your story today, isn't it? One of the reasons, yes. Yeah, it's to save the story and make sure people hear it. And um, so... So got, we're up to about, what, 21, 22 22 now? by 22. now. Yeah. Um, so I, I got out of Lifeway College. My dad took me to this motel in Newtown. Mm. And I was going to stay there two weeks. The idea was I was going to go back to the Bible College. Mm. But they told my dad or so, like, don't send her back here without getting her some medication. Mm. So, kitty! Sorry. Well, there's a cat on our deck. Hi, kitty! I don't know whose cat that is. <laughs> Sorry, just distracted. Hello, cats. I like dogs. I love cats. I worship the Lord Jesus Christ. That's yeah. how I roll. Oh, it's like it wants to come in. Shall we see if it wants to come in? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'll see. I think it's going to freak out because that cat freaks out normally. I don't know who it belongs to. Oh, yeah, you're freaking out. <laughs> oh, sorry. It's all right. All right, so I end up. So at 23, on my 23rd birthday, I see a psychiatrist. He immediately diagnoses me with paranoid schizophrenia. Mm. And On your 23rd birthday, did you say? I think it was paranoid schizophrenia. Definitely schizophrenia. Mm. On my 23rd birthday, yes. He was a bit of a psychologist, so I thought, well, great. I'll, I'll, I'll reach out to him. Mm. I'm like, this is a pretty weird birthday present, Dad. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah. and then um, he gets me on medication. I'm living at this place in Newtown. With medication that's supposed to be bad if you have suicidal tendencies, which I had a few. Mm. Like, um, when I was 21, I actually considered committing suicide mm. because of the demons and how stressful they were. And that was at which point Lois Red told me in just a calm, sane voice, it's not a good idea. And I'm like, thanks, God, I need that. And then it got revealed to me that if I had committed suicide, I would have gone to hell. Mm. Because right. I'd be denying, you know why? I'd be denying that the Holy Spirit had the power to comfort me through everything I was going through. And so that was my personal reason to not commit suicide. Right, yeah. It worked for a good while. And then when I was 22 at Bible College, when we were hitchhiking and all that, and then trying to find a place to stay with no money on us, Mm. except what was for emergencies. Mm. And I'd gotten my period in the middle of this hitchhiking endeavor with no pad. And we were crossing the road to this hotel. That was when the suicidal demon came along and tried to hit, like, uh... Why don't you just, I'm like, please, God, help me. Mm. And it's like, because I knew I didn't want to commit suicide. I mm. just got tempted. Mm, right. But yeah. apparently being tempted and sinning aren't the same thing. Mm. Someone might tempt you to do the most craziest, heinous crime you can ever mm. think of. And it's not your idea. Mm. It's just an idea being thrown into your head, mm. shot like by the accuser. And like, and then they're like, well, oh, we all have lots of crazy ideas, don't we? You know? Yeah, and they're not even ours. Sometimes I'm sitting on a plane and I think it might be fun to open the door. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever I, had that feeling? I don't remember. I must have had it at least once. I've been on a few planes. <laughs> I mean, I mean, just random thoughts like that. One of the people describe it best as the devil likes to put a bad thought in your head and then turn around and go to you on the other side. Yeah, that was a bad thought. You know, you should be ashamed of yourself. Right. <laughs> something to that effect. And then, and when I was about, it's interesting what you say there. So you say that there's like when it comes to like um, the devil or darkness. That there's often the thought we have, but then the awful thing that happens is then that sometimes we suffer twice because then there's shame that comes with that thought. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? That's like what, because I was telling the lady about, you know, the bad thought about Jesus and how I could never imagine he'd be my friend. Mm. And then she said, that's not your thought. That's the devil's thought. He's putting it in your head and then coming around the other side saying, isn't that an evil thought? That's what he likes to do. And then I realized it made sense. Mm. Oh, because I, now I know how to recognize 
usually the difference between my brain waves mm. thinking patterns and the devil's thinking patterns. Me, I'll be like, I want this, I don't want that. Uh, well, let's do this. You know, it's like it'll be like something like it'll be something to do with me, or mm. maybe to do with God on a good day. Mm. Um, but when the devil says this whole effing blah 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 against God, that's not me. Mm. I would never say that. Mm, right. So I mean, so just go it all. Do, have you ever found it hard, Jess? Because you talk about that diagnosis of schizophrenia, mm-hmm. and the two things they with schizophrenia are hallucin- hallucinations and delusions. For, for some people, eh? Well, I mean, that's the thing. For me, it's it's all pretty real. Sometimes there's hallucinations, but usually, what I'm experiencing is in the real. Right. It's just in another dimension. Right. Okay. Which I is see. overlapping this dimension. Because that's what I was. That's what I was going to ask: is is whether you find it hard to tell between what's happening in the Holy Spirit, or whether your brain is confusing you, or or, or do you think that it's not like that for you? It's... Mm. It used to be. And sometimes there is. They'll try and pretend to be God. Right. They'll pretend to be the Holy Spirit. telling me, I want you to go this way. I mm. want you to go that way. I want mm. you to not do this. Keep mm. doing that. Don't stop doing this. Mm. And instead of it being God who's speaking to me, it's one of the demons. And they're just trying to make me feel angry at God mm. for taking away something I didn't even need to give up. Right. Yeah. Or something random like that. Or mm. they want to get me in trouble. They want mm. me to walk into something and hurt myself. Mm. Mm. And I have to weave and discern. Sometimes I just pray, God, shut the evil side up for the next consecutive five Earth minutes straight right now. Mm-hmm. Every moment, every segment, every subsegment on every level. Until, and, and tell me, Lord, when that's happening, help mm. me recognize your voice. Mm. Help me have only the right perception. Mm. Do the same for Reese and me and Reese as a couple. Mm. And just for the next consecutive Earth five minutes straight right now, every moment, every segment, every subsegment on every level. New Zealand time and date. Every moment, every segment, every subsequent on every level, in Jesus' name, amen. And I pray all that in a shortcut, of course, but mm. but I do. And God does that sometimes, and he'll tell me things, and I'll know it's him. So, so you're saying there are moments when you feel like you're maybe being confused or led astray. Yeah. And then in that moment, you stop and you pray that God will help you to discern what's true and... Is that right? Is that what Pretty you're saying? Pretty much. Just no. Like sometimes I'll pray for discernment. Other times I'll just pray that God shuts the evil side up. Mm. That so, way it can't be the evil side. Mm. And then God helps me to know and perceive it's him. Because I'll after they'll be shut up, it'll feel like, sometimes it feels like it's not God. And I'm like, oh, wait, God, help me recognize you. Get rid of all falsehood mm. and illusions and that. And that sometimes I have to pray for minutes and minutes and minutes. Mm. I mean, it might have even been an hour. Who knows? But um, And then God will get through... And he'll tell me, don't worry about that. Or mm. I want you to do this. Other times God will tell me something when he's there and the evil side isn't around. Like, because there's a firewall protecting the church I'm in or something. Mm. And then and it'll hit me like, boom! I'm right. Like, Whoa! That's how like I know God wants to be in the field of mental health. Mm. And today as I was going through winds, trying to get my benefit into the next place, mm. I found... A brochure talking about your career and become a support worker with IHC. Mm. And I'm like, wow, it's a sign. <laughs> <laughs> so I picked one up. I, I find that what you're talking about, Jess, really um, beautiful and challenging in the same way that you talk about forgiveness. When you notice bitterness in your heart, you pray. And when you notice darkness in your heart or in your mind, you pray. Or surround me. Yeah. and you And you have like... 
um, practices of eh? when you notice that something's not God, the first thing you do is talk to God about it. I've learned that if you let a demon play with you, they'll take it too far. Mm. I've had to learn these things. Yeah. It hasn't just been, oh, I think I'll... It's actually been like, oh, I didn't, and I got really hurt. Mm. And I know now what to do to protect myself. Mm. Because darkness grows, doesn't it? You know, if you like let mold. if you let darkness grow and mold, yeah, yeah, no, that's like right. Mold. <laughs> or like you know, like yeast spreads, eh, through the through the dough. That um, oh, that's the sin nature, the hypocrisy of the Pharisees, and mm. could have been ours. <laughs> I mean, um, and I was, I don't know what I've got better now or not. I think God's made me better, but I mean, only God's perfect. But there was a time when I hated hypocrites, and then one day I found out I was one. <laughs> That is the best line ever. There was a day I hated hypocrites and then I found out I was one. It's so good. I know, right? And I realized I had all these sins in my life. I mean, it started out because I thought I was a staunch Christian by the time I was 27. So, but, um, so like, I mean, and then God told me to look at the word witchcraft in the dictionary. And I thought, well, I'll look it up in Webster's. Probably mm. a better um, rendition. Mm. And I said, so definition one, casting spells. Well, I don't do that. Mm. Definition two, talking though. Oh, I've been doing that for the last 12 years. <laughs> and I was like, I'm like, oh, oh, backslide Christian. And I was like, just from overnight. And I'm like, oh, no. And that's how I, God was allowing, I believe, the demons to keep hassling me the way they were. Mm. Because I was actually not in God's will and mm. I didn't realize it I thought I was right I thought I was a better Christian than all them no <laughs> mm. <laughs> I was like I'll be the real Christian I'll show you what it's like mm. no I'm almost like tempted to say well if you think we're doing bad let's see if you can do better <laughs> mm. <laughs> yeah join us to see if you can do better <laughs> <laughs> I haven't said that to anyone yet though mm. I mean one of my favorites I like is would you rather be an atheist Oh no, which one would you rather? Atheism was true and you died as a Christian, you you know, you stop feeling, you stop having pain, you don't have regret, you just you die happy, you know? Mm. Or would you rather be an atheist and Christianity is true, you die, everything flashes before you, you regret it and you go to hell. Right. I was like, which one would you rather be wrong and the other one was true? Pascal's wager. Um Yeah, so <clears throat> we've got about another about another half hour to talk and i don't know if we'll get your whole story but at this point in your story we're at about 23 is that so, right 23 and i'm insane <laughs> right yeah officially right yeah like at 22 i'd been prophesied over this mm. man said to me and in, in a good way he's like you're a crazy woman you're a powerhouse for god mm. and he talked about some dream i had in my heart mm. I'm not sure the lady told him or he never was told anyone. He just been fasting and God told him. Mm. Um, and so I was like, wow. And he told me some advice to do with that dream. I'm like, wow. And I remember everything he said verbatim. I'm just not telling what the dream was because mm. it's top secret. Right. But, um, but that was that. So at 23, I was now at some point the, the medication was on or spirit on. Mm. I, um, I, I was like thinking at first I was like, okay, I'll take it because I thought if I have snake poison, it won't by any means hurt me. Nothing's going to happen. Mm. So I took it first mm. day, drowsy as mm. constipated as mm. just could not. And I was putting on weight at some point. Mm. Mm. And at this point I was like, dad, the medication's not working. It's just give it till six weeks and it should. 
I'm like, dude, I feel so. so I started milking my bad feelings. Every time my demon would give me any ill thought of anything, I would probably just, like, if it was the right thing, I would just go, dad. And I might gripe and moan about it and blame the medication. So God had me up on that later on. But I mean, so I was like, Dad, I feel suicidal. He's like, oh, no. And I was like, finally, was, I think at one point he was even sleeping in the same room with me on a mattress next to my bed. He was like, Dad, I feel suicidal on this medication. <laughs> that was so bad. This went on for like a year. I was on one medication, then another, then another. There's only one of them out of them all I liked a little. It was called Aripiprazole. Okay. It made me go up, up, up in my mood and my energy. I couldn't sleep. I tapped my feet. It was be, it was great for having ideas, and and you know just. Mm. But then I'm you couldn't trying, sleep. I mean, I didn't. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, I found it hard to sleep. But I mean, the thing is, it was more like my natural way of doing things and thinking, mm. and feeling, than respiridone and clozapine right. and everything. No, um, what's the other one? Um, Zeparazone. All the other medication were downers. They'd make me sleepy. They'd put on weight. Hmm. They would just, oh, uh, every purposeful did make me constipate and put on weight, but I was not sleepy. Right. Yeah. That's why I liked that one. <laughs> but I didn't like it because it was, it was too much. Hmm. Like, it was like I was always on too much caffeine. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was, it was, so we experimented with medications because the doctors didn't know what they were doing. Hmm. They were just, I was their guinea pig. Mm. Everybody was, not, probably the reason for that is because everybody with mental illnesses works differently. Yeah. The mental illnesses work differently. The people's chemistry is different. Mm. And their blood is, their blood type is different. Their mm. skin type is different. Their organ type might the be different. The way their brain's put together. and Oh, that too. Yeah. And then their spirituality might be different as well. Mm. Yeah. I mean, and then their emotions might be different. Their mm. background would be different. Their mm. nurture would be different. Any abuse they had would be different. Like, it's very so unique, many, isn't it, our psychology? Yeah, so many differences mm. that probably the only thing for a doctor to do would be to pretty much use each person as a guinea pig and do trial and error. Mm. Mm. I mean, so you can't really blame the doctors. It's just that I think that if the doctors maybe tried other things besides just pills, mm. it might help a lot more people. Mm. That's some wisdom there. I think a lot of people would agree with you. If the doctors tried some things as well as pills, it might help a few people. <laughs> they tried some later on with me, mm. but I mean, none of it worked. Because like the meditation that they tried, mm. that got me worse. Because mm. I was in a meditating place. And right. they said, well, go from your brain to your heart. And then so the devil being making a mess in my brain went into mm. my heart. And that was worse. Mm. So some of it's dangerous out there. Mm. Other stuff might be good, like sniffing oils that are like lavender, calm mm. you down. Um, like reading the Bible if you're mm. a Christian. They need to have a Christian alternative to all those other alternatives mm. that they have. No? At CBT, they've, they've, I've heard of that. Mm. Some people are not ready to face their fears in the slightest. Mm. And they're not going to do it with someone they don't trust. Mm. The fact that there's not many Christians in the field makes it even worse because it's like, well, you and I aren't on the same page, mm. and you're trying to tell me mm-hmm. like they don't. There was some lady tried to do counseling with me. She wasn't a Christian, right? I'm like, so she couldn't understand she that couldn't part understand, of you. you know? Yeah, so she's like, oh, well, there's some spiritualist like shamanism. I'm like, oh, <laughs> come on. <laughs> like, mm. and I did read the stuff. I'm like, nah, it's not for me. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. 
And yeah. that's why there needs to be Christian counseling. Mm. And not just any Christian counseling. It can't just be the greasy grace brand where there's no unforgivable sin and everything's all right and you need to forgive someone straight away. It's like you need to walk with each person where they're at mm. and listen to them thoroughly mm. and ask God what he says. Mm. You can't just go, well, this is what my manual says. Mm. It doesn't matter if you're Christian or worldly at that point. If you go, well, I think it's just... And then, of course, there's the other thing, like... If they don't know each other, that's another barrier. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how to get over that. Because you do, you got to meet someone, hang out with them, spend time, get to know them. And then just some people you do, you can tell that God's speaking to them. Mm. Like when I was at Bible college, and I was going to, I thought God was telling me to do a fast for, for more food and drink for like 14 days or whatever. Mm. Or 21 was it, I forget. Mm. But um, um, some... I was doing that first for like three days, and then God mm. told me to tell my one of my leaders, mm. and she told the college counselor, and the college counselor, she had black short hair, and she was, she was like, well, I think you're trying to do this magic cure-all, blah, blah, blah. And who knows, maybe I did think it was key to my freedom, but she was like, I think I'm a lady with discernment, and I, think, and I could tell she's going to say I could eat, I mean, should eat. Mm. And I just, I could see her from a mile away. And when I was thinking, I was thinking like, if you're lady of discernment, I didn't say it to her, but if you're lady of discernment, why you got short black hair? Since women are supposed to have long hair, so they're covering in the glory in the Bible. Right. I mean, just thinking most most basic things, a lot of Christian women don't do, hmm. and they say that they're. I mean, that's my opinion, but but that's where I was at. So it could be just the littlest things in the Bible, and if people neglect them, and they say that they, you know, hear from God, hmm. and it's like. Sometimes you can tell, other times you just, you can tell that you're not going to agree with them. Mm-hmm. And I can see her from my life. Mm-hmm. But then my, one of my other leaders, the mm-hmm. male guy, teacher guy, um, he actually said, well, I've been praying about it. Mm-hmm. And I think that God's telling me. And then I thought, well, he's been praying about it. God's talked to him. Mm-hmm. Cool. And so he told me I should maybe only cut lunch and snacks out. Hmm. And fa- like eat the rest of the day because I'm in the physically intensive training and that. So like, and I thought, well, if God's told you that, hmm. I'll do it. So I listened to him, and it might have saved my life. Hmm. Good. <laughs> good. <clears throat> yeah. So, uh, good old, good old. So back to twenty three didn't work out for me. I did a few Christian activities. Hmm. Um, my dad and I moved into a house again in Lyle Bay with mm-hmm. Gidget. Mm. And our a friend of ours who had been flatting with us in another flat, mm. and that was alright for a while. And then my dad and her were blaming me for the messes in the house, like in the kitchen, and telling me to wash the dishes even right. when they made messes. Mm. And I was getting depressed, and I didn't like my medication. I was getting more weight, mm. and I felt like I for the first time in my life, Scotty, I felt like I didn't want to do the dishes. Right. I didn't want to do any chores. Mm. This medication made me feel disinterested in them. Mm. I had better things to do. I would go on social media. I mm. try to re- reach out to people with the word of God. Mm. I would try. I wanted everyone to become a Christian. Mm. I thought, well, right. I'm gonna. If I can't go on missionary trips out there, and mission starts at home, oh, I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna reach out to people with the gospel. Mm. I'm gonna give tracts. I'm gonna. I'm gonna preach. I'm gonna whatever. Mm. And so I did all that, and a lot of it was on social media. Mm. And so. Um, and it was all good until about maybe 
when I was 24 and I was still on the medication and was about to be discharged from the from the mental health place. So, mm. um, I ended up like at first it was good. God had me spontaneously like preach some words to these people, these children at the school I was mm. walking past, mm. and I did. And so, so, and then God was leading me. How many people want to become a Christian or know the Lord Jesus Christ, something like that? And I don't remember which words I used. It was God's words that were going through me, mm. and led them through the prayer to accept the Lord Jesus Christ. Seventeen souls or so, I mm. estimate, got saved. And I thought, well, I'll go ahead and I'll, you know, do I'll do a planned evangelism. Mm. That's when it went pear shaped. Mm. People were scared. There was a kid scared of the thing I was doing. The teacher came and threw my Bible on the floor. Mm. My dad's like, you can't preach that school. Harm might come. Physical. I don't remember. He said something sort of harm would come to them if I did that. Mm. And then I kind of got confused, and I think I was going off on medication. I don't remember, but. Hmm. But um, I was just being confused, couldn't see or hear from God properly. And then at one point, um, I thought God told me to tell this Muslim guy, you know, Jesus loves you. Because hmm. I was keen on reaching out to Muslims with the love of God. Hmm. Um, thing was, this kid, I saw him on Christmas 2011. Hmm. Worst day of my life. I'll tell you why. This guy, he was so close to getting saved. Like, I was, but there was one problem. Saint was trying to make him get destroyed right um and i thought the lord was telling me you know rebuke satan out loud i didn't want to hurt this guy's feelings mm. like the last muslim i had reached out to and not told the word of god about like about something else like you know if someone hears the words of jesus and rejects them it's not jesus who will judge them he didn't come to judge the world but save the world mm. the word that they hear will reject them that was um that was some other muslim i was meant to tell that and i didn't tell him that and i told him about hearing those words and he said mm. you didn't hear anything from me and I because I didn't want to hurt his feelings I said mm. oh nah I was 17 then but back to 2011 I was 24 same mistake I didn't rebuke the devil this guy so I was like praying you know just in my mind you know like please I wanted the Holy Spirit to come mm. near and mm. he did and this guy was like so the Holy Spirit is just is uh, sorry the Holy Spirit is Jesus father because that's how he was conceived in the Virgin Mary and I was like thinking, yes 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 but then he denied the Holy Spirit being God. Right. I was like, oh, no. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. My worst fear concerning this guy had happened because Satan had done that. Mm. And we were both afraid. And I was like, and at first I was like, well, where does it say that in the Quran? I was going to, I was saying God's going to rip the page out. Mm. But then God told me to leave. And like, and this guy was like, well, what's the Holy Spirit told you, taught you? And I was like, to not be violent, to not complain. Mm. Like I, so, and two things I'd heard from the, I mean, been taught by the Holy Spirit. So, this guy, and he's like, "Cause I, um, I was gonna rip out the page in court, but then the Holy Spirit told me to get up and leave." I was like, "Look, delete my number to this guy," and I never saw him again. Mm. And that was, I was so mad. I thought I wouldn't be able to eat because I was so upset. Mm. But then suddenly I got this massive hunger attack. So uh, the only place open was Subway, because it was Christmas. I went to Subway. And I ordered, I was like, okay, I'd like a chicken and turkey sandwich with cheese. And I remembered this Muslim and how they feel about pig meat. I was like, oh, and add some bacon on it. Because I just wanted to get him back. Mm. You know, he's probably never going to know. But I was like, just, 
hey, I want them to know if they blaspheming against the Holy Spirit, I'm going to eat bacon right. so, to get them mad. Yeah, I'm sure it didn't bother him very much. But... No, <laughs> I don't have no idea. I don't even eat bacon anymore, hardly. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, if a non-believer served me a pig meat, I would eat it and I'd pray over it. I'd pray I'd have an alternative fast for Muslims that I'm, you know, caring about now. Like, God's brought me to the place God had, like, I need God's help to forgive that kid. Mm-hmm. But I was, at that point, I was like, I'm going to eat some bacon. <laughs> I was like, so I ate that, and then I went to my boyfriend at the time's house. Mm. It was my husband now mm. for Christmas because his family was there. Uh, it was Fanu, Maori guy, and um, his mom and I made me this chicken. It was dry chicken, and I ate that. And then I, as I was super full on digesting food and contemplating what had happened, I was like, "All right, right, God, I want to die. I really want to die." And I thought I heard you got twenty years left. I'm like thinking too long, but um, at that point my will to live had been broken mm. because the very thing that I was trying to do and the very fear I was hoping would never happen mm. both met and I failed, and this guy was now unforgivable, and I was just really, 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 really sad, mm-hmm. really mm-hmm. upset, really angry, really just didn't want to live anymore, mm. and all this time. I was, before that, I'd been pro-life, you know? I'm not talking about babies, but, yeah, too. But, I mean, but I mean, like, I was like, you know, I'm the opposite of suicidal. I'm going to keep living. Mm. And even through the suicidal temptations, I mm. thought, well, no, I'm never committing suicide. I don't want to go to hell. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, at this point, it wasn't I'm going to commit suicide. It was like, God, I know committing suicide is not going to do anything, but you, please just take me home. Mm. Just take me home. Hmm. For years, I would say I wanted to die because mm. I would say, I want to die, God. Mm. And every time death came near me, it was like, please, God, have mercy on me. I'm not ready to die. I was like I had done previously when I was 15. I was like, no, no I want to die. Just, mm. just let it happen. Mm. I want to mm. die. Mm. Um, I ran my life for a long time, um, and that wasn't the worst. There was another person. They ended up, they were a Christian, and they fell away, a friend of mine. And... I found out, and I was weeping and weeping, and I thought God was giving me intercessory chairs. I was praying for them, and then I heard, don't pray for them. They're not savable. Mm-hmm. I'm like, huh? I'm like, so I asked them, you know, like, what did you say about the Holy Spirit? And they're like, probably, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I'm like, ooh, that's not looking good. Mm. Um, and then I was like, no! And I remember God's comforting arm, big arm on my shoulder, I think it was the Holy Spirit, and, just, and we walked out of that church where I was texting that person from, and I carried on. Thankfully, it wasn't close enough to Christmas that it ruined my Christmas. Mm. In 2012, I had a nice Christmas. We had some turkey roll and all that, and the cat even got some turkey roll skin. <laughs> Good joke, got some turkey roll. <laughs> like the skin, I think it was, mm-hmm. maybe some bites, who knows, but she was happy that year. Mm. I was like, nothing's going to ruin my Christmas 2012. <laughs> um and then there's that atheist guy from the blasphemy challenge. I took him on, but not close enough to Christmas. It's like, and I emailed him something, and then they said, "Oh, we'll send it to some hellbound atheist." And I'm like, "No, it was for the guy who did the blasphemy challenge." And I was like, "I don't want to get answered by anybody, you know, on some atheist network. I'm already feeling suicidal enough." <laughs> and I was like, "Okay, I just, I think it must have been God." But I was like, "I never do this, but I'm gonna take your comment off my channel," and and then um. 
And then uh, that was almost near Christmas, but it wasn't quite near enough for Christmas to ruin my Christmas. Mm -hmm. And then that was another thing, and he wasn't too great towards the Holy Spirit either. He said I'd I'd had my own strength and it got me through. Mm. Like My own strength would have killed myself right now. Mm. Only God got me through. Don't you even understand? Do you want me to commit this? I was like... So... Um, um, I'm just going to need to get my charger. All um, right. Would you like a glass of lemonade or something? Oh, yes, please. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah. Do we keep going? Yeah, yeah. We'll keep going for another 15 minutes. So I'll, right. get, I'll get the charger and some lemonade, and then maybe we have a chat about your time at Blueprint. All right, yeah. Is that cool? Cool. Charger and lemonade. Thank you. No <sighs> thank you. 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 Thank so, uh, about so I was 24. 24, you started becoming no, a blueprint? Uh, I was 24, I started becoming a blueprint. 25, I'd just been dealing with more blasphemy poo. But um, And um, how, how did you end up at Blueprint? Actually, it was Nick Clark. He got me going to Blueprint. Really? Yeah, he told me that Blueprint was a non-judgmental church. At this point, I was going to another church that I didn't feel right going to. Mm, right. Didn't like it, and I didn't know why. Mm. But then when I found out about Blueprint, I thought I'd give it a try. I actually met Nick because I was hoping to to convert him to Christianity, right. get him saved, because I thought he was a witch because he had a pentagram on his arm. Right, right. I was like, oh, someone's in witchcraft. I'm going to preach them. And then Nick ended up getting me into Blueprint. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out he's had his own journey, but mm, mm. nobody was talking about that. Mm. He was a good guy. Yeah, he is a good guy. Yeah, and I think he's going to be at camp in, uh, next week too. Um, and so you came along to Blueprint, and what were, what were your first experiences of being oh, a part of our church like? It was great. Yeah, the team on the worship tech were humble because it's like, oh, that's God's name. You need to capitalize it. That's God's pronoun. You need to capitalize, and they edit the lyrics. That's right. I remember we always used to have God's name in lowercase, and you would come and make us put it in uppercase, eh? And they yeah. they would always do it. Like, yep. Give some respect to God. <laughs> and I was like, wow, these guys are humble enough to listen. No one's done that in many churches I've been to before. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. I was like, I like this church. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then um, so, so back in, so I was going to Blueprint mm. every night. Mm. Not every night, sorry, every Sunday night. Every Sunday night. Yeah, and um, 
I would hang out with people at the goat shed, mm. and that was great. Mm. And um, it's the goat shed, the old flat that I used to live in years yeah. ago. Yeah, you used to come there on Sundays for roast day. Yeah. yeah, and I'd try and only eat vegetarian or vegan because of there was this guy who was vegan or vegetarian who was saying meat was bad, and I thought, well, if you know, I've been in the Bible of God. So, like, well, God's saying, like, if someone says something, if they grieve with your food, you're not eating it in love. Mm. And then, so what I ended up doing was like, okay, I'll just be vegetarian or whatever. Mm. And so I did that just in front of him. So everyone thought I was a vegetarian. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, you, yeah, you're along. And what are what are some of your um, what have been? Because I I've known you for ten years, and I think you've grown heaps over the last ten years. God has done quite an amazing work yes. in your life, and I'd love to, with our yeah last few minutes we got left, I'd like to hear about some of the things during your time with Blueprint, the yeah things of hope and joy, or the things that have been transformed in your life. Well, let's see. So, so 2013, one more guy got lost. Old prayer warrior. 2014, I was scared as. Um, 2015, the Lord Jesus Christ told me that I had two last chances to believe him on something because I was tempted to literally f- not believe, like, willfully. And then he told me I was free back when I was 17. So, like, I ended up believing him with God's help. Hmm. I asked the Father, prayed hard for faith on the second chance because the first one got wasted doubting. And I was free. And the Lord Jesus Christ told me all my sins, over the time he told me all my sins are forgiven, all my sins are as if they've never been done. Mm. Past, present, future, there's if they've never been done. There's Bible verses mm. that, that support this as well. Jesus died for all the sin of the world, including my ancestors' sins. A curse causeless can't land won't come, including generational. Proverbs chapter 26, verse 2. All the causes have been taken off me. Mm. The Lord Jesus Christ, whose holy word the Holy Bible is, says so. I have been washed in the blood of Jesus, the Christ, the Son of God, God in the flesh, love incarnate, whose holy word, the holy Bible is, I am free. All the demons have no more right to me. Mm. Just give the Lord Jesus the battle, the war, the potential battles, the potential wars, everything I missed, everyone I missed, and trust him with all. Give all internal conflicts to his heavenly Father, all, in, all potential internal conflicts to his heavenly Father, and all any other I missed to his heavenly Father, and trust him with all, dot, 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 the battle is the Lord's. That was one of the things that I got revealed to me. Um, so that was, and also the one about personally forgiving everyone. So I had to personally forgive all these people with blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. And guess who helped me? The Holy Spirit. <laughs> like I had mm. to personally give them to God and mm. let God judge them, but not myself. Mm. And so I would have given them over to Lord Father's dreadful hands. Mm. Who knows? But I personally forgave them and I stopped getting tortured mm. for a while and that was good. And, um. So I was told to personally forgive everyone. If I can't pray for their unsolvable soul, give them to God and skip the Father forgive them part. Pray mm. for the next soulable soul in line. Because there are millions of people's souls who are able to be saved, able to be brought to life, restored to the Lord Jesus Christ in loving relationship with them if they've gone away, mm. just wandered a little, like mm. how I had. And um, they are drowning in the oceans of lostness. Mm. And... Maybe I can't save them all because some of them are too dead to resurrect. But there are probably hundreds and thousands and millions, maybe billions, of people who can be saved. <laughs> and I should focus on them. Hmm. So that was one of my relations. The other one was when I told you about just I'm free and all my sins. Most people, the Lord Jesus Christ died for our freedom so hmm. we can be forgiven our sins never done. Hmm. Well, not never done, but like as if they've never been done. 
Mm. You know, like God forgets our sins and iniquities. Our sins and iniquities I'll remember no more. Mm. The Lord Jesus Christ did something that's called the Great Exchange. So he took all of everything that we ever did wrong on himself. Mm. And he gave his righteous life. He lived perfectly to us. Mm. So that's why we can be free as if we've never sinned. Mm. Mm. And then the third thing that I got revealed to me was the Lord Jesus Christ, the, excuse me, the Son of God, God in the flesh, the Son of God, uh, love incarnate, said, sorry, he didn't say the verb. And he said that he knew everything I'd ever do sinful and that he forgave it all. Mm. Um, and that that's applicable for everyone who believes future, present to his life on earth mm. and past mm. to his life on earth. Mm. His death reached his through time. Mm, that's right so people will say we want to build a time machine well jesus traveled in time and guess what a cross mm. unbelievable <laughs> at his worst day he traveled through time mm. <laughs> Just, wow the wisdom of god the, the 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 weakness of god is stronger than the strength of man mm. the foolishness of god is wiser than the wisdom of man mm. jesus traveled time on a cross mm. so four and five revelations are that quiet time is key for my freedom maintenance quiet time with god because mm. i noticed after two weeks of being free and not having a quiet time with god demons had crept up on me and tried to make me captive again um and i asked god you know what's happened and finally one sort of sunday night monday morning or saturday night sunday morning i forget i realized that i hadn't been having a quiet time with god and he's like so you're taking this medication and it's making you stay up late get up late mm. and you're going off to your day how can you keep doing this so I went off medication for a while, and my health mentally did spiral downward, but I had more quiet time with, with God, and it was good. Mm. And um, eventually I ended up getting medicated and been on six years presently, melanzamine, and that's a whole other story. But um, the heart is what needs to grasp the relations that God says to me. So mm. and one time when I was mentally unwell, and off my medication i was scared that i'd be taken to war 27 wrapped in a straitjacket and raped every night by a male staff and i was mm. like god if that happens i'm thinking i might commit suicide i told the religious christ just please help me what do i do and he always told me the religious christ told me there isn't anything anyone can ever do to you that i can't restore you from mm. and i realized at that point it's true I'd actually been healed from a lot of the sexual abuse that the demons had done to me as mm. well. And in a moment in time when I was 24, when I actually really asked the Holy Spirit to fall afresh on me mm. and meant it. And was like, please, God, come. Because uh, at first I was like just singing it to him. Mm. And then I was like talking to Gidget. I was like, Gidget, come here. I was like, yeah, can you get I was like, Gidget, please come. And then I was like, it was real to me. I asked the Holy Spirit to please come. Well, I'm asking Gidget. <laughs> so I asked him. And he did come. And then Gidget came as well. <laughs> and she was sitting there. And I had felt power in my hands. And then um, I felt like just I put one hand on the cat for a while. She was there for a good hour just feeling the power and probably pretty happy about it. <laughs> um, and then I ended up just thinking, well, so I went to sleep. Uh, like my mom taught me to go sleep with my hands on my sides. Hmm. So I put my hands on my sides. And I, sleep. And I was like, cheek is like, oh, well, now they're here, Lord, next to my hips. And then... Um, I saw this vision where Holy Spirit was like kind of in this orb form, just coming towards me, like like in a like spear, mm. um, yellow light, and I was like, and I said yes, and then that was um, 
when I got healed sexually from a lot of, not all the stuff that had happened to me from the demons. Mm. And even got a better attitude about sex. Because at first I was like, no, sex is terrible. I was like, so after that I was like, wow. And I was like, can I, oh, like, like please do it again. Mm. So then I don't remember what I said, but I was like, oh, like kind of just wanted to happen again. And then, and I felt just this amazing feeling throughout mm. my whole, even to my womb, it was amazing. Mm. And so I knew when Jesus said there isn't anything that anyone can ever do to me that he can't restore me from, I had a good idea what he was talking about. Mm. I had been healed sexually before, and just because these demons were still carrying on because I was backslidden in witchcraft didn't mean, or had been, didn't mean that he couldn't heal me again. And um, there's such a beautiful thing for everyone to take on board that there is nothing Christ's power can't heal us from. It's true. Mm. And eventually he healed in the world to live as well. Mm. So it wasn't like, oh, I want to die. I was like, please God, not now. I don't really want to die. Mm. So mm. it's like, so I pray. And so now I know when to live. And, uh, and then the other one is, um, oh, I forget what it was. Uh, but, you know, like he, he, he done some amazing things. And oh, one thing that was amazing, I remember now, when I was being chastened with the demons, I realized that God chastens those he loves, every son he receives. So at this point, when this demon was doing its thing down my nether region and busy the beep out of me, um, I just was like, "Oh, so God, you're allowing this to happen because you trusted me because I'm doing witchcraft because you love me." And I'm like, "I love you too." I just love my house for God, and it felt greater than the thing the demon was doing. Mm. And then, um, so at some point later on, I was like, "God, I pray every time one of those demons gets me on it." I love you more. Some demon was kind of next to me. He's like, that's not going to work. Like, that prayer won't work. And it did. Like, mm. they want to get me and I love God more. Mm. And the one flew away. It's like, you make me sick. <laughs> mm. And I was like laughing. And then later I read in the Bible that God preserves those who love him. Mm. And I knew the demons weren't shy about it. They were telling me like uh, that they were using sex to destroy me. Mm-hmm. Um, so, in fact, they couldn't destroy me. Mm. God preserves those who love him. Mm. Um, and um, hope deferred makes the heart sick. Mm. That demon probably was made sick because I was one step sicker. Mm. Just mm. God's love was amazing. And I've been learning about God's love for a long time now mm. and experiencing and getting it as well. Mm. Like there's a Bible verse about receiving the love of the truth mm. in Thessalonians. And, and there's a verse about being made perfect in love. And I've been praying for these things because it's just been real amazing. God's love is addictive. It's like amazing. Mm. And, you know, you, you don't you don't go, oh, I didn't get the same high. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> you don't go, oh, I need more money. <laughs> it's like, mm. it's free. You can get God's love anytime. And, and um, what else is there? There's, um, and there's nothing that can ever happen to me that God can't restore me from either. Mm. So say it was an accident. God can still restore me. Mm. Um, staying present in the moment as opposed to going off in the future or taking a dip in the soup forgetfulness is like, you know, better, you know, just, just staying mm. in the present. You can still work through things with God's help. It's mm. okay to have grading sessions and have God being there to guide you through and counsel you through it. And that it's okay to think about heaven and how good it'll be. Mm. But when you think about the present, I mean, the past and the future without having God in there with you. Mm. It can just be annoying because you're 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 distracted. Mm. Mm. And well, then, I, th- I think we um 
we only have a little a little bit longer but Jess, i just wondered if um if you wanted to uh think about um your life so far and the things you've been through and the way that god's been there for you if you were to sit down with jesus now what would you want to say to jesus you're amazing i want to feel your love i want to be with like with you forever mm. thank you for all you've done for me all you're doing for me I'll, and saving me and all you will do for me mm. i praise you worship you lord that's um, awesome and then there was there's that revelation that god gave me at blueprint it was a game changer god is more good than the devil is bad god is more good than demons are bad god is more good than all evil is bad mm. and i and i made a song out of that so <laughs> mm, that's awesome so yeah Praise God. He's he's actually shown me many things that I don't know we have time to talk about. Um, eternal mm. life, knowing God, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom he sent is the thing that I would probably want most if I only could have one thing in my life. Mm. Um, and I realized that you can't do the unforgivable by accident. Right. It's a heart sin. I was mm. studying more, and God was showing me more in the Bible. It's actually the people who they decide to do something and it's a certain mentality. Right. Um, if you love God, you'll never fall into it. Hmm. Like, you'll trust, if you trust God, I've learned that trust is number one. Hmm. First, you have to trust someone, then you love them. Hmm. If you just think you love them, but you don't trust them, it's not going to, I don't know. Hmm. If you trust someone, you can receive their love hmm. and then you can love them back. Hmm. And I didn't realize that I've always had a trust for God. Hmm. And that's why I could receive all the gifts he's given me. Mm. You don't really receive from someone you don't trust, eh? Mm. Yeah. Well, well, just, we'll, we'll have to um, <clears throat> we'll have to wrap it up there. But thanks so much for sharing your story with us. I know that you could share for 10 times as long all the stories <laughs> of how God's been good to you. Um, mm. And maybe we'll have to sit down again in, in a little while and have another chat. Well, um, really? But great. thank you so much. Can I pray for you? Sure. Oh, there's one thing, there's, there's like a few things in here. So, um, I'll let you pray for me. That's yeah, I'll, pray. I'll pray for you. <laughs> um, yeah, loving Jesus, thank you for the journey of wholeness and healing you have worked in Jesus' life. You love her so much. You love Reese and, um, you love who they are together. And I pray that, um, uh, as the story is heard by different people that, um, they will be blessed um, and know your nearness to them. I pray for a tangible resting of your Holy Spirit on Jesus right now. Um, amen. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs>